what I want to do is, if you're interested in the the blueprint of potential that I know is in your astrological chart, then I want to help you access that quickly and efficiently and with eloquence and nuance. And then I think that if you have that kind of information, you can then more readily move into the world and be of service to it, which is ultimately my agenda. My agenda is to help people connect to their agency and their own specific skill set so that they can be part of the social change that they most want to see in the world. Hi, team. Welcome back. Hello. Welcome back to Financial Feminist. I am so excited to see you. Thanks, as always, for being here. Before we get into the episode, a couple housekeeping things. Like, subscribe, review the show, send it to your friends. It truly helps us continue to do this amazing content. And if you have a question about personal finance, you can drop it in the voicemail box below, and maybe we'll use it in an upcoming episode. All right, today's guest. This was a fun one. Channy Nicholas is a Los Angeles-based New York Times bestselling astrologer and author of You Were Born for This, Astrology for Radical Self-Acceptance. She has been a counseling astrologer for more than 20 years, guiding her community of over a million monthly readers to discover and live out their life's purpose through understanding their birth chart. Channy is the president of Channy Nicholas Incorporated. She writes all the content that her readers experience across her website and newsletter, writes or edits all of the content on the Channy app, oversees the creative direction and visual identity of the company, still personally manages her social media presence and community engagement, and co-directs the company with her wife and business partner, Sonia Posse. She's been featured in the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Rolling Stone, the New Yorker, Vanity Fair, on the CBS Morning News, and has a web series called Star Power on Netflix. Y'all have been asking for this one for a while. Astrology and finances, astrology and self-development. We get into why astrology has been a powerful tool for better understanding ourselves and the world around us, how to look at our charts in an analytical way to understand our relationship to our finances, and Shani demystifies some of the biggest misconceptions and misunderstandings around astrology, including things like Mercury and Gatorade and Saturn returns. And yes, it's Mercury and retrograde, but I like making the Gatorade joke. We also get into her incredible business, which has some of the most progressive structures when it comes to benefits and pay. And we're just really excited to have her on the show. She also reads me for filth. (laughs) She reads my chart and really tells me everything about my life and how it's going to change. Whether you're a casual dabbler or totally obsessed with astrology, or maybe you're a total skeptic, you're going to love this episode. Let's go ahead and get into it. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. One of the must-to-dos at the beginning of starting a business is getting a website because how can people find you? How can people find your products or your services if you don't have a website? This was me in 2016. I was wondering where to turn. I'm not a coder. What do I do? And I turned to Squarespace. I love Squarespace's tools like their email campaigns for you to be able to drive sales and engage your audience, analytics to see where people are coming from and what they're buying, and blogging tools to be able to share stories and photos and videos and updates. I have used Squarespace, like I said, since 2016, and they've been a huge impact in the business of Her First 100K and impacting you all in giving you financial advice. And frankly, I couldn't have run my business without them. You don't have to know anything about how to code in order to build a beautiful website. Trust me, I don't. And Squarespace makes it super easy and very painless. Head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash ffpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We are supported by State Farm. If you have insurance for your home, your health, and your car, why don't you have insurance for your small business? 
So many small business owners I know think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but also I know for me, my business feels like my baby and I want to make sure all of my hard work and my team members are protected. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Not forever, but for a good amount of time. Yeah. Do you like LA or New York more? I feel like this tells me a lot about a person. (laughs) My mother's side of the family are like diehard Jewish New Yorkers. Got it. So it's in my blood. So you're like, I can't pick. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. I, you, you can't compare them. You can't, I don't know. They're very, very, very different cities. Yeah. Yeah. I am a diehard New Yorker in my bones, but I've not had the, I haven't lived there for longer than a year at a time. So, yeah. But I've, you know, I've gone there my whole life every, every year. I live up in Seattle and so I'm in LA a lot, but I love New York. Mm. It's like, yeah. The goal is to be bi coastal at some point in my life and like true bi coastal. Yeah. We're just so excited to have you. So excited to be here. Do you remember that moment when astrology really resonated with you when you thought, oh, this is what this is and how it can help me? And then when did that transition into helping other people? Well, I think astrology just by nature is something that if if it speaks to you and you pick it up, it just naturally starts to help other people. Anybody who's around you that's interested in it will all of a sudden be like so curious about what you can tell them about themselves. So it's that's an automatic kind of I don't know if transaction is a good word to use, but it's an automatic interaction that happens. And the first time I really understood what an astrology reading was, I was 12 years old and I received one with my father and his new third wife and her two kids. And it was a gift from her mother who was a Reiki master and had like tons of like psychics and astrologer friends and da, da, da. And so she got us a family reading as a gift and I think as a way for us to find one another as a new family. And the astrologer gave us readings and I was like, wow, how does she know how we're all so different? And it was so clarifying for me and it was so helpful because we were, you know, five different people and we were trying to come together as a unit. And so I was obsessed. And also I felt like I really understood what she was talking about. She had written a book. My dad bought it for me. And that was my introduction to astrology. It's so interesting to think of how you can use astrology, not just to understand yourself, but to understand not only others, but everybody's dynamic together. Yeah. 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 It was really helpful. That family in particular had a lot of, well, had two very prominent fixed they had a lot of fixed signs. There was a, that was a family of a lot of fixed signs. So they're very mm. confident, <laughs> prominent kind of types. And um, I don't have a lot like that. And so it was, I, it, that was like good language for me to understand and to understand why I wasn't like that. Like I don't, I didn't lead with like tons of confidence in the same way as they did. And so it's a language, I think, especially as when you're a teenager or a preteen, where it can be like, oh, I'm not wrong or bad. I'm just different. Mm-hmm. Or they're not wrong or bad. They're just different. And we all function in really different ways. 
when you say fixed signs and then you said confidence, what does that mean to my non-astrology yeah. background? Fixed. What does that so mean? So fixed signs are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. And they okay. are the signs that come right after cardinal signs. And cardinal signs are the equinoxes and the solstices. So they spur change and they create uh, something new. They initiate something new. So cardinal sign people are really active and they start a lot of things and there's always something going on. And then the fixed signs come in and they're like, cute, cute, but I got to stabilize this and secure it. And like spring has to become actual spring. You Mm. can't just start something and then start the next thing. So there's a lot of confidence and kind of uh, stability in a sense with fixed signs that, and they pull focus to them because they are steady. They're at the hub and then mutable signs come after them and mutable signs let go of the fixedness and they make space for the new change that's going to come the next cardinal sign to come, but they're in between. So they're incredibly flexible, literally mutable Hmm. and they're called double bodied. So they're both and they, they stand in the in between. So it's, those are, Gemini, Virgo, Sag, and Pisces. And Mm. so if you look at their glyphs, they're two of something. Gemini is the twins. Virgo is the virgin and the dove usually. And uh, Sag is, of course, the centaur, the half half human, half animal. And Pisces is the two fish. And everything's going in two different ways because they're not one thing or the other. They're both and and in between and everything everywhere all at once. How does that work if, well, I mean, we all have what, you know, uh, certain suns yeah. or certain sun signs and then yeah. moon signs. I, and always I'm like, what does this mean for me? But like, what, how does yeah. that look if you have a various, these various different types of signs in your chart? Then you're more balanced. Mm. And then you have to look at like, then there's different ways of organizing importance of things. So for me, because I'm a traditional astrologer, I'll look at if you were born in the day or the night and look to see if your sun or your moon is more prominent. I'll also take a lot of a, a lot of um, pointers from your rising sign and from where the planet is that rules your rising sign and what sign that's in. So all of these, you know, and a lot of people have a lot of different stuff and that's not weird or normal or anything. It just is what it is. The sky changes all the time. So but if you have like two, you know, cardinal in your sun, moon rising or two fixed or two mutable, then that probably will lead you more towards that kind of functionality. That's really, really fascinating. <laughs> That's just one kind of basic level. No, like yeah. truly, I'm like, <laughs> it's like breaking my brain a little bit um, in a good way. I think in our everyday lives as women, one of the things that has kept cropping up now that astrology seems to be even more in the like pop culture or like mainstream lexicon is that there's jokes then of, Oh, you know, run away. If she asks your birth sign on a date, like there seems to be this undervaluation of astrology because it's seen as a feminine interest. What do you think this stems from? Or how do you think this came about? Well, I am queer. So I think you're talking about straight cis men? Yes, 100%. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't know a lot about them, but if that's what they're up to, then I think that that's just a function of patriarchy, sounds like. 100%. So anything yeah. anything that's valued by women and femmes is devalued by patriarchy just yep. as like a essential 101 rule. That's all we do on this show, Chani, is talk about 
is talk about the patriarchy and how fucked up it is. Yeah, yeah. Patriarchy, I'm down for. You have to like fill me in on what men do on dates, I guess. I don't know. That sounds awful. But, Story for another time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, I listen, I say this all the time. I don't care if people like astrology. I don't think everyone should. I just, I think it's like a phenomenal tool. And if you think that it doesn't have any value, then move along. But like the value that I get from it and that I get, I know a lot of people get from it is immense. So if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, keep it moving, find the thing that works. And always the patriarchy is going to be like, oh, you silly little child. What do you know of things? And you'll be like, oh, yes, right. Because capitalism is is so cohesively well thought out and makes so much sense. Sure, sure. Right. What systems do you value and how do they function? Uh, this is a system I value and I know how it functions and I, I know how it works. But some of the things you all talk about don't actually make any literal sense. But cool, cool. What are the myths around astrology that you find most infuriating? I don't know. I really don't pay attention. I, I love that answer. I think probably that, I mean, it's like, who yeah. cares? I don't know. what. I don't know what the myths are. That we're all cheats and liars and uh, we're just making stuff up and it's all confirmation bias, mm. which a lot of it can be. I mean, a lot of people use astrology in a lot of different ways that I wouldn't necessarily agree with. So I'm not saying that like people don't in, engage with astrology in ways that are have little to do with what I know of astrology. So, you know, it's been taken over by capitalism. So g- God knows what's out there and how people view it because of how it's presented, because corporations can adopt it right. and try to, you know, benefit off of it or what have you. So it's it's not really that big of a deal to me. Your unbothered bless and block attitude is um, something I strive for. <laughs> and I think all of our listeners should also strive for. I'm just like, I love that answer. You're like, I don't know. I don't fucking care. So move along. <laughs> well, it's also not like causing harm in a way that right. makes me want to engage with it directly. It's like, okay, fine. It's, there's other things for us to fight. I will die on certain hills. And right. this one is just like, do what you want. Well, and if it's, yeah, if it's not hurting you and it's not hurting somebody else and it helps you show up as a better person and helps you show up in your relationships better, like that's not harmful. That's, that can only help if you choose. Well, I don't feel like someone else judging astrology is harmful either, mm. I guess is what I'm saying. You know, so I don't really care. Yeah. So go ahead, do your judging. It's not like impeding my human rights for you to do that. So it's fine. Yeah. My ability to continue doing yeah. my work. I, 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 I'm, I'm good. You've said that your mission with your work is to tie an understanding of astrology today with the social consciousness. How are we interrelated and what we owe each other, right? Can you share more about that? I don't know if I've said those exact words, but what I think I, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but what I want to do is if you're interested in the, the blueprint of potential that I know is in your astrological chart, then I want to help you access that quickly and efficiently and with eloquence and nuance. And then I think that if you have that kind of information, you can then more readily move into the world and be of service to it, which is ultimately my agenda. My agenda is to help people connect to their agency and their own specific skill set so that they can be part of the social change that they most want to see in the world. 
that's very similar to, I think, a lot of the work that we do is like, how can you show up as an individual in a way that's going to better the world around you as well? And I appreciate that view of thinking because speaking of patriarchy, I feel like that's the exact opposite of everything the patriarchy wants us to do. Yeah. It's very individualistic and focused on, yeah, how do I make as much money? And then how do I hoard all of that money so that it's just for me as possible? Yeah. And astrology, if it resonates with you, is literal proof of the fact that you're connected to something. There's a sky that's speaking to you. There's a universe that's in conversation with you that wants to help you out. It, I, I don't know. You know, I hope we live in a benevolent universe. I feel like we do. But I think that when you listen to astrology and you listen to your own, you know, birth chart and you dissect it and really study it, it does create a sense of awe and wonder because there is this thing that says you were made like this on purpose and you have a purpose here. And these are some really good ways to engage with it and to think about when you're moving out into the world and doing your work. Can you talk to me about the getting started pack for like, what are your big three or like your houses? If somebody's looking where to start, can we establish some like chart basics? Yeah, you can start by downloading the Chani app and reading your description for your sun, your moon, and your rising, and then the planet that rules your rising sign. That is a really important thing. So your sun is about where and how you shine. Your moon is about how you live out your life's purpose because the moon is the body and our emotional life and well-being. And the rising sign is the most personal part of your chart because it depends on your specific location and specific time of birth. That at that time, at that location, over the eastern horizon was a literal zodiac sign that was rising up because the sky looks like it's moving all the time. And so that is a very, very, very sensitive point because it changes so quickly. And so that is the most personal part of your chart. And it is the marker of your life. This is the moment you were born and it sets up the whole sky. From that part, we get to see, okay, well, this is what else was happening in the sky at that time. And this is what the sky looked like. This is what the planets look like. This was their quality. This is what it means for that person's life. So those are the places to start. And to you can you could spend years going in deep with just those three slash four things and get so much out of them because most of the time, the rest of your chart will speak. I want to know how the chart speaks through those kind of four portals, right? Yeah. The sun, correct me if I'm wrong, is the one we all think of as like the sign we are. Yes. Yeah. And that's new. That's within since the printing press, because what astrologers did where they were like, okay, well, nobody knows their ascendant. That's harder to understand because you have to get out your, you know, you have to like right. do a bunch of math. But everyone knows roughly the day that they were born and we can gauge roughly what, you know, unless you're born at the beginning or the end of a sign change, then we know what sun sign you are. So it was a way to get everyone literally on the same page and into the same horoscope. And that was the gateway drug to the rest of your astrological chart once we had like newspapers and and things in syndication. Right. I think that was one of the things that started to unlock the power of astrology for me is for many, many years, I just thought, I'm a cancer. Okay. And there was sometimes, you know, where I would do the classic, like, read my horoscope in the paper, and I would be like, okay, maybe this is relevant to me, maybe it isn't. And it felt a bit 
like, okay, I don't think this is for me. And then I started to understand that it's way more than just that. And there were other parts of me that would show up or other parts of either my personality or the way I grew up or just, you know, how I felt about things that I was like, oh, this makes a lot more sense now rather than just like, you're a cancer, that's your default state. And so that was one of the things that was really helpful for me was understanding that astrology and your horoscope is far beyond just your sun sign. Yeah, I mean, the horoscope you read in the paper isn't your chart. Right, (laughs) right, at all. It's not your chart. It's how the planets are moving through space in relationship to the sign that your sun was in. It's a very general way of looking at things, but it's literally not your astrological chart. Yeah. It's taking one tiny little thing from it and then talking about what's happening in the current moment. But having your chart read is a totally different experience and and thing. Well, it was much more enlightening to me about how I actually felt like I showed up in the world because I definitely have some cancer traits, but there's other things in there too that are, that are so involved. Yeah. I mean, cancer is really focused on security, you know, and, and security is a financial issue and because we live in capitalism. So there's that, you know, direct correlation that I could make knowing very little about you, but. Well, and you segued perfectly into one of our questions, which is when we are looking at our chart what can we look for to learn more about our money stories or places where there's some friction with how we manage money or how we look at our finances? Yeah, it's a great question. There are a couple different ways in. One of the first things I would start with is your second house, which is the house of money and assets and livelihood. And if you may or may not have planets there, if you have planets there, great. Again, you can pull up the Chani app and just skim down the list of your planets and see, do I have any planets in my second house and then read about them. But the other thing is, you know, most of us will or won't have planets in a certain house. There's 12 houses and there's only 10 plus planetary bodies. So it's impossible for us to have a planet somewhere in every single part of our chart. But what you can also do, if you don't have anything in your second house, you can look to see the sign of the second house and see the planet that rules that sign and then see where that is. And the way we wrote the Chani app is uber specific. So that say, if you're a cancer rising, it automatically means that through the way I look at charts, that the sun, Leo, is in your second house, but the sun rules that. So it doesn't matter where your sun is, you would just go read about the description of your sun and it would tell you about your money along with other things. If you're Aries rising, you'd look at your Venus. If you're Taurus rising, you'd look at your Mercury. If you're Gemini rising, you'd look at your moon. If you're Cancer rising, you'd look at your sun. If you're Leo rising, you'd look at your Mercury. If you're Virgo rising, you'd look at your Venus. If you're Libra rising, you would look at your Mars. If you're Scorpio rising, you would look at your Jupiter. If you're Sag rising, you would look at your Saturn. If you're Capricorn rising, you would also look at your Saturn. And if you were Aquarius rising, you would look at your Jupiter. If you were Pisces rising, you would look at your Mars. Read that description in the Chani app and it'll tell you something about your money. I just felt like you ran a marathon there. Yeah, I did. There's also this the sixth house that I would look at because that is about work and the kind of like toil and chores of our life, but it also can talk about how we what we have to work with and how we work with it. And then there's your 10th house of career and public life and 
what you're known for and your and your vocation. So it may or may not have to do with money for everybody, but it's also can be an important piece to understand. And then some astrologers would say, look at your Venus. I I'm not always so sure about that, about connecting Venus with money, but s- some astrologers would. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. You, you could also look at your Saturn placement because Saturn had a lot to do with agriculture. So it had a lot to do with what we were reaping in a way. Then it depends on how you make money and the domain of life that that might connect to. Like a lot of therapists will have really important placements in the seventh house of relationships because it's one-on-one work. Real estate agents would have really important things either in the fourth house or in regards to the ruler of the fourth house. But if you read the description of each of your planet in the Chani app, you'll hear us talk about money and how you make it with the planets that are connected to that. If you're a business owner, you know that you have a million things to think about all of the time. You've got your team that's buried with a bunch of work. It's taking forever to figure out where your invoices are coming from. And getting to one source of truth about your data is like pulling teeth. So if this is you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And finally, number one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margin. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ffpod. That's netsuite.com slash ffpod to get your own KPI checklist, netsuite.com slash ffpod. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. The first investment we ever made in her first 100K was signing up for a Squarespace account way back in 2016. And if they were the first place I spent my hard-earned money to start my business, you know that it was a worthwhile investment. Squarespace makes making a website really easy even if you don't know how to code, especially when you don't know how to code. You can use their blogging tools to be able to communicate effectively to your audience with stories, photos, videos. You can also use your online store to sell products like your merch or physical or digital products. You can also use their analytic tools to figure out how to grow your business, where are people coming from, how long are they staying. So you can build a marketing strategy based on some of the top keywords or most popular products and your content. Head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your brand new website, go to squarespace.com slash ffpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I feel like there's also, again, understanding that, you know, your horoscope, your chart is not just your son. The amount of people who, you know, comment on my social media posts, you must be a Capricorn because, you know, you're good Uh at money. You give financial energy, right? And I am not a Capricorn, at least not in my three, uh, in my three rising, I almost said setting, rising setting, but I think it's just really interesting of like, we do have these stereotypes about like, who's good with money and who isn't. Can you speak more to that? Yeah, it's just our entry point. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's the entry point language in which we talk about it. But to me, I'm like, okay, it's one level, but I want to know if you're really good 
with money, if money is your thing, then I want to know what's in your second house. What's your the ruler of your second house? Where is it? Where's your moon? The moon also talks about like tangible physical things and safety and security and all of that. I want to know where that mm. is. If people are reading you as Capricorn, I want to know where your Saturn is. Like, do you have Saturn in Capricorn? Maybe you have like a really powerful Saturn or maybe you have it in Libra or Aquarius. And then you come off as a Saturnian type of figure, or maybe you have Saturn near one of the pivotal points in the chart, which is like the ascendant, descendant, midheaven, I see. And so there's like so many factors to see like what jumps out about somebody, what's prominent in their persona and what are they known for in the world? And again, I would look at the 10th house and the midheaven to see how people read you, how people understand you, what people receive from you is going to be facilitated through that part of your chart. Right. Well, and I've also realized for me personally, the public version of me is still me, but it's a definitely a different side of me. I am definitely the person who feels very deeply, has a lot of emotions, can swing back and forth. But you get more of my Leo energy when I'm a public person. Like you get more of that energy as I'm showing up online. And so I think that that's just really interesting. <laughs> like mm. speaking to my own experience, like the people who assume like, oh, you're good with money. So you must be a Capricorn or, oh, you're a good public speaker. You must be a Leo. It's just interesting. The stereotypes of that. I also have a course called Your Money. Yeah. Tell me more. I have an online course called Your Your Money, which talks all about everything that I just mentioned, that if you wanted to go in deeper with it and look at your chart, because it's a really important thing. You know, it's for me, when, once I kind of unlocked that for myself, I was like, oh, that's why I function like this. That's why mm. no matter what I think I should do or what I, you know, other parts of me are like, well, what if I just did this? It's like I always orient towards this one thing. And then it's so obvious in my chart. And once I saw that and really understood it, I, I could just accept it about myself and just move on. Yeah. Because one one part of us will want to hide and the other part will want to show up and one part of us will want to be really analytical and the other part of us is a dreamer and it's good to know like what parts function in what areas of our life and how to again like I I called my book you know the astrology of radical self-acceptance because you may or may not like things about yourself you may or may not know how to love certain parts of yourself but I think we can all be like okay that's just who I am like I can know how to accept myself and then if I can do that and be like, okay, if this is true, then what do I do from here? And again, I think what it's done for me and a lot of the people I've worked with is move us into our agency so that we feel like I can move, right? right. I want to help people get people unstuck. I was stuck for so long and astrology really helped me to move. Is it because you just had more information about yourself or you had like the tools now to be able to make the decisions that felt right for you? I think it was a combination of I needed to get older. <laughs> technology needed to intersect with my talent in a way that there wasn't that technology when I was 20. So it just, there was no online as I'm really old. So it was like as technology came, as social media came, as my I started to do more of what I was passionate about, it intersected and started to move. Yeah. One of the things that I am thinking about in my own life and that I have literally on my calendar is my Saturn return. Can you talk to me about Saturn returns? Because I am terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people are terrified of their Saturn return. I've just heard bad things. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard that it's going to be uncomfortable. And I you know, I will embrace the discomfort, but I'm a little intimidated. 
Is your Saturn in Pisces? Oh, gosh, I could look. Look it up. I know it's coming up. I think it's early 2024. Yeah, then your Saturn's in Pisces. So I would say you're already in it. Great. (laughs) Well, this is the thing. Everybody goes to their Saturn return at the end of their 20s and the very beginning of their 30s. It's like right around when you turn 30. Saturn has an orbit of 28.5 years. So around the age of that, we have our Saturn return. And you can think of it lasting for two different periods of time. One is that you can think of the time period when Saturn is in the sign that it was in when you were born. So that's a two and a half year period. And it will be like particularly specific and poignant around the time where Saturn is exactly where it was when you were born. And that might happen once or it could happen three times because Saturn, like all the planets retrograde. So they might, it might go over and then go back over and then go forward one more time. My Saturn is in Pisces to just clarify. Yeah, no, I know it is because if you're having it in 2024, it has to be. Yeah. (laughs) So, so honestly, you're in it. This is it. Great. (laughs) Are you afraid right now? I don't know. I feel like there is a a period of transition in my life because that's what I've heard it is, is like a period of significant transition. Is that, is that correct? Saturn is a planet of growing the fuck up and understanding boundaries and responsibility and how to mature and that you are not going to be a cute little 20 something for more than the next like five minutes. And once you get into your 30s, it's a different deal. You don't have the excuse of super youth anymore. You're still really young at 30, Mm -hmm. but you're not like super, super young. So you have a different, you start to create, there's a different orientation that starts to happen within you because you know that time has passed. Like when you're in your 20s, you're still close to your teenage years. You're so close to college. Yeah. You're so close to whatever you were doing at the turn of 1920. And then you get to the end of the 20s and you're like, oh, that went by really fast. So fucking fast. That, and then you start to clock it. You're like, oh, I knew everybody else got old. I just didn't think I was going to get older. And then it's just the very beginning of understanding your mortality uh-huh. in a different way. Uh-huh. But it's really, really, really important and really good for you because you have to grow up. And so Saturn comes along and is like, all right, let's do this. And it gives you boundaries, limits, can feel like it backs you into a corner. But the the reason why the universe or your life would back you into the corner is because you have to learn how to fly. You have to learn a different mm. way of moving through space. And the things that keep you small and young, hopefully, if you're lucky, and I really mean that, will not work for you anymore. You do not want to stay the same. You want to let this thing move you into your power. And the power you have at 30 is that you have come through the absolute chaos of your 20s. And chaos might be fun and exciting and all the things. It might be disastrous and like terrifying. But the 20s are chaotic. They just are. And you're learning and you're just trying to figure out how to adult and do all the things. And then you get into your 30s and you're like, okay. it's it's. I felt like it was a relief. I have a very specific kind of Saturn setup though. So it's good for me to age and it's good for me to f- move through those corners. But it's a relief. It's a. It's also, I think, a, the beginning of an unlocking from 
patriarchy in a different way. It's supposed to be a time where you're like, how have I depended on people? Maybe they're depending on parents or other family members or friends. Like you start to look at your codependency in a different way. You start to think about how am I going to define myself for myself? And knowing that your decisions bear a much deeper consequence the older you get because you have less and less time. At 20, one year is one twentieth of your life. At 30, one year is one thirtieth of your life. They fly by, right? It's different. And that is supposed to deepen you. Age is supposed to deepen you. And so it's the very beginning of that understanding of aging and how to take yourself seriously. And then it depends on where it's happening in your chart, what house it's happening in. So that depends on your rising sign. I could tell you in a second. You just read me for filth, like absolute filth. And I appreciate (laughs) that. Um, Yeah, only in the past, honestly, couple months. I mean, I've always known, obviously, that I'm going to die and that we're all going to die. But I'm starting to have the like, my body's getting sore. And like, I am aging at the point where I'm like, oh, okay, this is really terrifying. Like, I have never been terrified of aging before. And not, like, physically. Like, I, Yeah, because it didn't happen great. to you That's yet. fine. Right. <laughs> Once it happens, it's not so easy to be brave about it's it. It's more like, am I not going to be able to do the things I want to do? Am I not going to be able to? Yeah. Um, my Saturn is in my 10th house. Are you a Gemini rising? Yes. Yeah, so it's all about your career. I'm a Cancer, Leo, Gemini. Those are my three. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's all about your career and who you are in the world and your public roles. And it's about doing something significantly difficult in that area of your life. And that is how you will gain your own self-respect. And that is ultimately what's so important. When you have Saturn that prominent, see, this is what this is what I was saying. I, I had a feeling. That's why people read you as a Capricorn. You have Saturn in what we call an angular house, and it is the highest point of your chart. So your Saturn is what people feel from you when you go out into the world. Saturn is Hmm. discipline, order, structure, understanding systems, how to have boundaries, how to work in the oftentimes material realm. Now it's in Pisces, so it has a spiritual bent. It has a kind of compassionate bent. It wants to be really fluid. It's kind of like a jellyfish a little bit, but it's still Saturn. You have an angular Saturn. So people read you as a Capricorn because they're feeling that daddy energy of Saturn from you. Do you just call me a daddy on my own podcast? In which case, thank you. I did. Honestly, iconic. Thank you. You're like a femme daddy, but it's still daddy. I appreciate that. I will take that as the compliment it is. We joke. We're getting getting merch that says money mommy because that's been the joke is that I am the HFK money mommy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like soft Dom energy. That's very interesting and helpful. Okay. (laughs) And that's what people get from you. And that's what people want from you. And so then you have to navigate that and be like, I'm not your authority. You're your Mm -hmm. authority. Mm -hmm. This, you have your own power. Don't come to me for it. Right. Don't come to me to set your own boundaries, set your own goddamn boundaries, but you, you give people a boundary and people actually are fucking dying for boundaries. It's really helpful. I feel like I need to be taking notes. We are. We, we love someone who sets a boundary. No, all of this is very relevant. I've also been doing a lot of, uh, (laughs) like, am I happy with the current career that I have? Like, I love the work that we do. And I'm also like, all right, we've been doing this for a while. What needs to change? And 
that feels very uncomfortable, even though I'm usually very down for change. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I would do something that's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to require your like maturity and your kind of discipline. I would I would do something that's incredibly disciplined and that you'll end up offering the world, especially by like 2025. I can do that. <laughs> See, for you, your moon rules your second house, but your sun is also there. So if you have Gemini rising and sun in cancer, you shine by... <laughs> making money, you shine by highlighting the assets and resources that you have, which is you. You are part of that asset and resource and you do it in a really caring way and you do it in a way that people feel mommied by or nurtured by. And your your son is making a trine to Saturn. And so the structure and the discipline of Saturn flows to you. You flow with structure. You like the discipline. It works for you. It's fluid. So it's not like harsh and overly brittle. It's actually quite movable. Yeah. And again, it is nurturing and spiritual in some kind of way, but that is what you are supposed to do to shine. And then not only that, but your moon rules the second house of money and assets and it's in your third house of communicating. So what the fuck do you talk about all day? Money. And healing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's got to be healing in that and taking care of yourself. And what is it to nurture and nourish a different way to be engaged with our resources? That's your whole chart. (laughs) Thank you. Although I want to know where your Mercury is. Because your Mercury rules your ascendant. Mm -hmm. And then it's probably in, it's in Gemini or Cancer or Leo. It's in Gemini. Yeah. So then you have a super-powered Gemini, which means you're an excellent speaker. And so when people read you as Leo, it's like, no, no, that's not the Leo part. It's actually your your Mercury. Your Mercury is in the first house, which makes it really potent. And it's in its own sign, which makes it extra agile and curious. And it's a really good reporter. It's a great gatherer of facts and data and a spreader of the message. One of your things in your life purpose is to communicate with others, is to exchange information. Mercury is also the merchant. It's also the accounter. It's also the literal counter. So it has a lot to do with buying, selling, and making sure that the math is mathing. And that's also going to be an exceptional quality that you have. I don't even know what to say. Thank you. It's all... (sighs) Boy. (laughs) Welcome. Just reading me for filth. Um, I literally have, yeah, do something disciplined next year. And I already know what it's going to be. <laughs> well, now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Of course you do. Oh, God. Because yeah. you're a planner. <laughs> you don't do anything without a plan. <laughs> Definitely not. We've talked about this before, but I wear a 36G bra. <laughs> which makes finding a bra that is comfortable and that doesn't make me want to die and that is also cute almost impossible. So if you want a bra that is sexy and comfortable, Third Love is the answer. Third Love was designed to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. Third Love bras come in sizes AA through H, including exclusive half cups. This is like the only place you can get half cups. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. 
I have a couple third love bras and I have a couple more on the way. They're truly my favorite bra. Like ad or not, they are my favorite bra I've ever worn. They're incredibly comfortable and supportive, but also cute. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. That's code PODCAST15 at thirdlove.com. Financial Feminist is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. When I started her first 100K, I knew how important it was to protect not only my business, but myself as a business owner and all current and future team members. Business insurance gave me the peace of mind I needed as we continued to grow and scale. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Thank you for that. Um, I know that, of course, you have resources, but I imagine somebody listening is like, I also want to be read for filth. Like, what can we start doing in our own lives to actually use astrology to help us navigate the world? I mean, download the Chani app mm-hmm. and listen to your reading every week and do your journal prompts and see if the rituals work for you and read about your chart and like we made a whole universe, you know, like it's a whole world that we've created in there. Read about the transits that you're going through. If you're in your Saturn return, it'll tell you in the transit section of the app. And then there's a whole host of guided meditations and affirmations to help you along your healing path that again, again, I hope will ground you in a way so that you feel your own power and agency to take action in your life to realize your potential in the world. Yeah, tell me more about transits. Is Saturn return? You said it was a transit. What is what is yeah, that? Yeah, that's mean? a transit. So there's the, the the when you were born, we took a snapshot of the sky and everything in it. And then that is a static image of you. That is a static map of your life. And then we look at what's happening in the sky now and we superimpose one on top of the other. And when Saturn gets back to the place that it was when you were born, we call that a Saturn return. But there's a million things going on. There's where Pluto is and there's where, you know, there's where all the planets are and they may or may not be interacting with your chart. So in the Chani app, we have a section that's called transits and that's specific things for you right now. And it tells you the time frame. It tells you what to think about, gives you some ideas to work with. Is Mercury in retrograde a transit? Yeah. Mercury retrograde is a transit because it's a transit. So you think transitional. Right. It's, it's, it's just for a certain period of time. That's the one I feel like we all hear about at this point of like, oh, Mercury is in Gatorade. Yes. It's a gateway yeah. drug into astrology. Yes. Yes. Because it, it goes retrograde three to four times a year because it's a really fast moving planet. So it's always in or out of retrograde, you know? Yeah. Seems like. Yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on this saying that you've maybe heard that millionaires don't have astrologers, but billionaires do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're pretty critical of billionaires on this show. Yeah. But I'm so interested in the idea of some of these like big names or people using astrology in their everyday lives. 
I would love your take on that. I think part of it is like you're, you know, I think the well-intentioned version or read of that sentence is like to up-level your life in a really transformative way. This mm-hmm. can be a tool to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also like, I don't need to be a billionaire. I don't want to be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it almost does astrology in that way a disservice too, mm-hmm. if we're looking at the this through an anti-capitalist lens. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would just love your take on it. I mean... I think it speaks to the ways in which astrology can help us be really specific Mm, mm -hmm. and help us to win at whatever we want to win at. So you could take out millionaire and billionaire and put in any kind of frame of reference. What the saying is doing is it's saying there's this level and then there's that level. And if you want to be living into that level, then you might consider using astrology because other people that are trying to function at that level or whatever but that's it's i mean it's very hierarchical but i do think you know like i listen i've talked to a lot of different people in a lot of different industries and i can tell you that yes a lot of very successful people and i don't just mean that financially in a lot of different sectors of society think about their astrology and think about the timing of things and do plan things according to what would be good so I know it personally. And again, it goes way beyond money. Yeah. Are there any important astrological dates coming up that we should pay attention to, especially in regards to our money? (laughs) Um, That's really personal, I think. But um, sure. January has some really beautiful astrology in terms of the like after, I would say after January 10th. And into the rest of January, there's some really beautiful astrology to work with that is very focused on success. And again, that can be in any way, shape, or form that you want to think about it. There's also some really brilliant signs in the early spring. And that, I think, will have a major impact on how we do business. So uh, you can listen to your year ahead reading in the Chani app and the first quarter reading, there's some beautiful moments of just like success astrology that, that everyone can work with. And I, I go into great detail about how you can personally work with that. So yeah, there's, there's, there's this conjunction of Jupiter and Uranus that's happening in the spring. And the last time it happened, we got the archetype of Rosie the Riveter you know, the like rolling up on sleeves because that's when women were entering the workforce in a way that they hadn't in terms of industrialized capitalism <laughs> in, a, in a long time. So I do think there will be something quite revolutionary that will happen on an economic kind of workforce level in the, in the early spring. Federal paid family leave. That's what I... Let's am. go. Let's hope for that. Well, let's, let's move towards that. How do, what do we do to... To move the needle towards that. Of course. Yeah. So you have mentioned your app. Can you tell us more about it and what distinguishes it from other astrology platforms? I don't know much about other astrology platforms because I've got too much work to do on mine. But what mine does is it gives you detailed chart information, every single planet, exactly what it means, where it is, what other parts of your life it talks about. Everything in the app was written by human beings. Nothing has been written by AI. Nothing ever will be. We have astrologers 
people that have studied astrology for, you know, like if you put us all together, it's like, you know, hundreds of years of astrological, not hundreds, but over a hundred years of astrological experience. We've dedicated our lives to this craft. Also people that are exceptional writers. And so there is this detailed approach to how we articulate what's happening in the sky, what happened in the sky when you were born. And so you'll get a detailed version of your birth chart. You'll get up-to-date transits, like what's happening in the sky, how it's impacting you. You get guided meditations, affirmations, weekly journal prompts that's specific to your chart, uh, weekly guided meditation, weekly ritual to work with the astrology. And then there's the weekly readings that you get from me, where I talk about what the astrology is, how it's landing in your chart, what to do with it. And there's also yearly astrology readings. So you can think of the year in the in four quarters, four chunks. And then you get daily horoscopes, you get daily affirmation, you get a daily guided meditation. That's amazing. I will be downloading it right after because I use a different app and I don't love it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. And literally Kristen has been typing in our document with our notes. She's like, I'm on the app looking up my own stuff right now. I'm on the Chani app looking up <laughs> everything and how what she's saying and how it reflects in my life. So I love it. But the, the other thing to know about our app is that it was made by survivors of gender-based violence. Mm. The people that work on our team, there is a f- floor of 80K. So the the entry point is 80K. We have paid protected gender-based violence leave. We have unlimited menstrual leave. So anybody with a uterus that needs time off when it's uncomfortable gets it. We have a vacation stipend. So we have unlimited vacation and we give you money to take a vacation to go enjoy yourself and get rest. We close the office for a total of eight weeks a year. So eight weeks a year, you get off and nobody else is going to be working. So no one's going to be emailing you either. We have 401k. We have a lot of different types of benefits that unfortunately are what mainstream society (laughs) considers radical, but we think should just be the essentials. And then we have a a savings matching situations. We want people to save money and to think about their economic well-being. And we also give away 5% of our revenue, not our profits, but our revenue in cash grants to survivors of gender-based violence so that 100% of that money goes directly into the hands of folks that need it through my wife's organization, which is called Free From, which works at the intersection of gender-based violence and financial and economic security. Because one of the number one reasons why women and children are homeless is economic abuse, gender-based violence. One in three women will experience gender-based violence. One in two trans folks will experience gender-based violence. And there is a high, high likelihood that if you experience gender-based violence, it's also economic abuse, which means you 99%. Yeah. Yep. So we believe deeply our company ethos is centered in an economic solidarity with folks that are systematically harmed. And we also believe that gender-based violence is a community issue and not a private or interpersonal issue. And that it is up to businesses and banks and governments and everybody to interrupt it 
And one of the best ways we know how to do that is to make sure people have money to be safe. That's incredible. Thank you for your work. Thank you for all of this information today. Where can people find you and support what you're doing? Chani.com is the easiest way. C-H-A-N-I.com. Chani app, C-H-A-N-I in the app stores, whichever one you frequent. And then I'm mm-hmm. Chani Nicholas on all the socials and the Chani app on socials separate from me. Yeah. Amazing. I'm downloading right <laughs> after we're done and I'm going to dive in and I'm really excited. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for your work. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Chani for joining us. You can check her out in the show notes as well as her Chani app. I downloaded it right after we got off and it's been really, really helpful for me, even as somebody who is a little bit skeptical of astrology. Thanks for being here as always, Financial Feminist. I hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Financial Feminist, a Her First 100K podcast. Financial Feminist is hosted by me, Tori Dunlap, produced by Kristen Fields, associate producer, Tamisha Grant, research by Ariel Johnson, Audio and video engineering by Alyssa Medcalf. Marketing and operations by Karina Patel, Amanda LeFew, Elizabeth McCumber, Masha Bachmikieva, Taylor Cho, Kaylin Sprinkle, Sasha Bonar, Claire Coronan, Daryl Ann Ingman, and Janelle Reasoner. Promotional graphics by Mary Stratton, photography by Sarah Wolf, and theme music by Jonah Cohen Sound. A huge thanks to the entire Her First 100K team and community for supporting this show. For more information about Financial Feminist, Her First 100K, our guests, and episode show notes, visit financialfeministpodcast.com. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. You can use Squarespace's online store, their digital downloads, their analytics, their blogging tools to be able to serve your audience in the best way possible. Head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash ffpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.